there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. It's going to sound wonderful by the time people listen through their headphones and we have the little cleaner app run through it. Yeah. I think it'll be great. It's going to be wonderful. I'm going to adjust some stuff on my mic, though, while we're starting. Okay. Get all my sniffles out of the way from... Allergy season. For real, though. Faux real. Faux show. Okay. Shy. Shanna. Glad we got that out of the way. Okay. (laughs) Um, Do you have any podcast news or updates or business? No. I do not. I do not this week. All right. I think we're just off to the races. Yes. Mine that I'm doing today is because we are thick in the midst of tornado season here in Oklahoma. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. So we are going to talk about the deadliest tornado in Oklahoma history. No way. And a mystery that surrounds that (gasps) tornado. What? Okay. Okay. So, what do you think the deadliest tornado in Oklahoma history is? Um, that would be the 1999 April 3rd. May 3rd. What day was it? You're wrong. It doesn't matter. You're wrong. <gasps> it's May Wait. 3rd. You're talking about the one in... The Woodward. The Woodward tornado. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... April 9th, 1947. 1947. Yes. Man. 75 years ago. That's insane. A massive tornado hits the city of Woodward Mm -hmm. and basically just wipes it off the map. Yeah, there was really literally nothing left. Literally nothing left. Yeah. Like the hospital was still standing, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Yeah. I mean, it took like homes, ever, like trees were uprooted and shit like that, right? Yeah. It was, it was bananas. Yeah. So before the tornado occurred, because this whole storm system started in like the Texas panhandle. Okay. Okay. So before the tornado occurred, um, in, early April leading up to April 9th, telephone workers were on strike. Okay. So there was really no telephone communication happening. Like that was a thing. If they went on strike, you literally had no telephone. Well, yeah. Cause you know, they, you had to be like operator. Can I get a, that's right. Whatever. And they put the little boopy in the boop thing Mm -hmm. and then connect you. 
Yes. And that was your telephone connection. So. So these operators were on strike. Everybody was on strike. Oh, man. Okay. Everybody that was in the telephone game was on strike. Got it. So, um, a ton of people on strike, no communication going through. And it's like, would Woodward have not suffered as bad if people would have been able to get communication through? Nobody knows. That's just speculation. Right. Um, 185 people were killed. Yeah. And thousands were injured. Yes. Thousands were injured. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it touched down about 8.45 p.m. at night. Okay. So people were already, you know, at home. Yeah. It was dusk by 8.45 in April. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it says that wind speeds inside the tornado fluctuated from 220 to 440 miles per hour. That is insane. Yeah. It took only five minutes to destroy the entire town. That is insane. Yeah. So. Mm. Let's talk about. The mysteries that surround this tornado. Yes, please. Because there's more than one. The The state of Oklahoma's oldest missing person case mm-hmm. is tangled up in this. What? As well as three unidentified children. Their bodies. They have no one. I Were the parents just... I mean, did the parents perish as well? And they there was no family for these kids. Literally, no one knows. Oh, yeah. Okay. Literally, no one knows. Okay. So, after the tornado hits, mm-hmm. they take as many people as they possibly can to the Woodward Hospital. Right. And it's quickly, quickly like obviously over. Oh yeah. Capacity. Right. Yes. So they're setting up beds and like. The parking lot, I think, like, a library still had walls up that they were setting up stuff in. And in the basement of the Woodward Hospital, they were putting patients as well. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Two little girls came in injured. Joan Gay Croft and her sister, Jerry. Okay. All right. Okay. So at that point in time, Joan Gaycroft is four years old. Her sister Jerry is seven. Oh gosh. All right. Okay. Um, Jerry had minor injuries from flying debris, and Joan had a splinter going through her leg. Oh, okay. And depending on the account that you read mm-hmm. the splinter was either the size of like a pencil or basically like a two by four. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So depending a little unclear there. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was either like really bad or really, really fucking bad. Right. One of the two. So they had these two girls down in the basement of the Woodward hospital. Um, their mother had died. When a wall in their home collapsed okay. on her. 
And their father was severely injured and taken to a hospital in, like, Oklahoma City. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, they have these two little girls with no parents, no guardians, no one really watching over them, except for, like, nurses who were trying to help everybody. Mm -hmm. And they stayed there from the night of April the 9th to April the 10th. Okay? Okay. They're still down in the basement April the 10th, the next night. So, the next night, some men in what was reported to be, like, army uniforms come in and get Joan. And they're like, we're going to take you or whatever. And she is fighting them and crying and like, no, you know, and saying she wants her sister. And they're like, it's okay. We'll be back to get your sister. And it was causing such a commotion to the point where nurses and other staff came over and were like, "Uh, excuse me, sir. Can we help you? And they're like, yeah, we're taking her to another hospital in Oklahoma City. They're waiting for her to be transported there. And it all sounded super legit. So the nurses were like, okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when people followed up on it, the ho- no hospital in Oklahoma City was expecting her. Oh, my God. None. All right. Mm-hmm. So... Um, they, these men walk away with this little girl Jesus. in the midst of chaos, even a day later after the tornado. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So finally her aunt Ruth shows up to the hospital in Woodward and she had heard that her brother, which was their dad and his wife had both perished in the tornado. So she was cl- coming to like collect the girls Right. 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 And she gets there and they're essentially like, well, um, Joan got taken to a hospital in Oklahoma City. And here's her sister. And she's like, what? So that's how the whole follow up call to Oklahoma City happened. Um, That they were like, no, this isn't real life. So they file a missing persons report, right? Right. Um, and obviously there's a lot of shit going on after uh, a tornado. People are cleaning up their property. Twenty four hours later, they're still finding bodies. You know, they're still locating people that are trapped and stuff like that. Um, and they, people that were going through rubble and going through everything had discovered the bodies of three female children in various, uh, homes and stuff that had collapsed. One was a baby of about eight months old. Okay. Another was a girl between 10 and 12 years old. Okay. And the third is a girl between the age of three and five. 
Okay. Okay. No one has ever come forward to identify any of these children. They are still buried in a Woodward Cemetery as unidentified <sighs> remains. No. Um, they thought the girl between three and five years of age could be Joan. So they had family members and even teachers and stuff like that come to try to identify the body. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, not her. Okay. Okay. That's good. So they searched and searched and searched. <laughs> and, you know, the dad is aware that she's missing and he is giving interviews on the radio trying to find her. Like the highway patrol is looking for her. Um, all that. And they were like, she's not going to make a fuss. Like, wherever she is, she's not going to make a fuss. Apparently, she was really, really shy and, like, hid behind her mom. Okay. And stuff like that. She wasn't, she was a real quiet child. And she talked with a stutter. Um, and just real bashful. So, there have been... Since then, so this is the oldest missing person case in Oklahoma history. It's crazy. Oldest. It's still open. It's still a NamUs case. Um, people thought that maybe it could have been like a kidnap for ransom plot. Mm-hmm. Because apparently the Croft family, um... The mom worked for the telephone company, so she was on strike at the time of the tornado. Okay. The dad uh, was a farmer and had, like, beef and pigs and stuff like that and and sheep and apparently ran a really successful farm. So they thought maybe someone tried to kidnap her for ransom. Right. Since they were... You know, sort of wealthy. But then there's also this whole added layer that three months after the tornado, the dad gets remarried. So they're like, whoa, too fast. Wait, what? But also, he's a widowed man. Yeah, true. With small children. Mm-hmm. And... That's kind of how Back things then, worked. Yeah. Who would be taking care of your kids and running your household if you weren't married. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just what it is. You gotta, gotta get you a new wife. It is what it is. So, um, it's like no one ever really demanded money from them. Um, there was a thought that maybe her, maybe she died elsewhere. Like, Perhaps she was murdered elsewhere, you know, and just hasn't ever been found. Um, But they thought, like, her leg would need serious medical treatment because she was very injured. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whether it's a pencil or a two-by-four going through a four-year-old's leg. Yeah. That's that's huge. Significant. Yeah. Huge. Mm Mm-hmm. So, nothing... um, 
nothing really has ever been found. There, uh, there have been multiple women that have come forward to say that they are Joan. Um, and every time one of those leads comes forward, it just sort of fizzles out because they're not able to prove it. Right. You know? Plus, now we have DNA, and I'm sure there's still living family. Yeah, I would think her sister... I would think if her sister was still alive in the 90s, they probably got DNA from her mm-hmm. to put on file. Mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah. Um, But it's just like, every few years, the news stations around here, you know, run run a news story about it mm-hmm. again, and then somebody comes forward and is like, oh, it's me. But it's not. But it's totally not. It's totally not. Um, And I'm just kind of like, would she even still be alive if she was still alive? Would she still be alive? Maybe. Did she get sold as a, you know, because people used to do like black market adoptions. Yep. That was where my brain first went was yeah. these men took her to sell to these foster homes that yeah that actually took children away from women to sell to um to sell to rich couples wealthier families yeah and she was a real pretty little girl she had like really pretty blonde hair blue eyes and stuff like that so um i just don't i don't know but i when i was looking into this i was like who are these three unidentified children yeah is it possible to go back and do genetic genealogy I on think the three unidentified i 100 percent think they should yes now that we know just by these um do you know uh genealogical am i saying that right yeah the yeah, website's yeah. 23 and me and yeah. blah, blah blah like there's got to be somebody out there that's, yes. a, that's a relative of some sort yeah right yeah. Even if their whole family was killed in the tornado. Right. There's still a cousin or. But that's what's so weird is that they, they find these bodies, these three children. Mm-hmm. And you would think that if they were in a house, mm-hmm. like we are, you know. Yeah. A house with other people, they would be like, oh, this family goes together. Right. Well, but you got to think, too, like this, these winds were so powerful that these children could have started out on one side of Woodward and end up on the home on the other side of Woodward. Oh, yeah. You're totally right. You so, are totally right. I mean, it's like, you know, that little baby that the police officer found after oh, May 3rd was carried, what, like a quarter of a mile? It was a long way. It was a long, and she lived. It was a long way. Yeah. So there's no telling. Like, this could have been a family that was on the outskirts of Woodward. Yeah. Yeah. When this thing started and ended up in downtown or, you know, south side of, you know, whatever that um, path was of that tornado. I mean, it that's insane. 400 miles an hour yeah. is insane. Yeah. So I became really interested in these three girls. And I'm sort of like, what do we have to do to get a... um. What do we have to do to get like a like a Othram genealogical 
genetic DNA um, investigation going. Yeah. Because it's not a police matter. No, it's just just for... Just an unidentified... Yeah, just for peace of mind so that they know who... Yeah. You know, know who's who's buried there and... Yeah, I mean, I, I think there needs to be enough publicity about it that there are these three children that were never um identified and then people will be like um yeah hey hey guys uh can you exhume those those babies and run these dna matches yeah see see if you can even get any dna out of the remains that are still there right which they i mean even skeletal remains you can get that dna right if there's usually yeah yeah. so yeah that would be that would be a really good thing. I think it would really put Woodward on the map for, you know, trying to find the families of these three children. Right. Yeah. I think it would, I think it'd be a wonderful thing for them to do. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's just really sad. Cause you, you think like if their family was still alive, like if they made it through the tornado, yeah. Would they have even thought about saying, well, maybe that is our family member? Or would they have just been like, we assume that they're dead? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And back then, when you just assume your child is deceased, do you still need that closure in seeing a body? I don't know if that's just a new type of situation that we deal with now being so. And if you were so poor, if you were super poor. Right. Do you just assume they're dead? And if you can't pay for a burial, you're kind of just like, well, we're going to let the the city took care of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no telling, you know? Yeah. So anyway, all of, all of those unidentified remains have been buried. Um, They all have markers on their graves. And each Memorial Day, people place uh, flowers on the graves. Okay. Like we do. Right. Um, It's just crazy town that those are the four mysteries that remain. You know what I mean? Right. In a situation that had so much destruction and so many people displaced, mm-hmm. it's these four kids. Right. It's not like, well, my 27-year-old brother disappeared right. and we're not really sure where he's at. Right. It's these four kids. I think, <clears throat> I mean, sign of the times, right, that smaller children were not as... Um, I don't know. It's like you had children to help your on your farm. Yeah. I'm sure these parents love their kids. Don't get me wrong. That's just, that's the only way I know how to, how to um say that is there's more, you got your 26, 27 year old son here who's able body, able to work on a farm, but your eight month old baby isn't baby isn't. So yeah. Yeah, no, that's super fair. Not trying to make that sound very um 
morbid or anything about how people raised their children, but it's, you know, a sad truth that they dealt with, especially in, you know, rural Oklahoma, just rural America anywhere is how that stuff kind of went down. So that's how it all went down. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the four mysteries that remain from the Woodward tornado. The deadliest tornado in Oklahoma history. The deadliest tornado. And so if it was the deadliest, so May 3rd was an F5. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, okay. So I think prior, let's talk tornadoes. Let's do this. Um. So I just think prior we are to, not, we are oh, not professionals when it comes Jesus to tornadoes. Christ, no, we just... We just know what we hear on the news. As you all know this, we are not professionals on any forum that we are speaking. Go. No. (laughs) So I think prior to El Reno, because El Reno happened in 2013. Mm -hmm. Remember, we were at your house. We put on helmets. It was a whole thing. Yep. Um, Prior to that El Reno tornado, the May 3rd, 1999 tornado was the biggest measured width. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And the highest winds. I bo- I believe so. Yes. Wasn't it like a mile and a half wide? I think so. Uh-huh. And I mean, I can, I can Google while we're having this conversation, but. It went forever. Yeah, it did. It, it went like all the way from. Blanchard. Newcastle area. Yeah, Blanchard to. To Norman. Or uh, um, more. kind of bypass Norman up. Into more. Yeah. And then all the way across more. Yeah. Um, so I think that was the biggest one. Uh, until El Reno in 2013. And that was just a monster. Yeah. And that, that one was, was like two miles wide. Right. That one hit a lot of rural area though, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. And those storm chasers died. That's right. Or like one or two. <clears throat> something like that. They were in one of those... Were they just in a regular storm chasing vehicle or were they in tried to go inside one of those? No, I think they were just in a regular vehicle and they thought they were far enough away. Right. And it was like so wide that somehow they got caught up in it. Yeah, it just enveloped them. Yeah. Yeah. Um but since we have warnings, since like cause I consider us I mean Basically, everybody has a storm shelter mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, especially mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City area. And we have warnings so far in advance. You know, like we already, so today is a Sunday. They've already given us a probable severe uh, weather warning for Tuesday. Right. They haven't put out like a PDS watch, which is a potential potentially dangerous Thanks. storm, potentially dangerous situation or system. I don't, I don't know those two. Anyway, when or- <laughs> when they tell us it's a PDS watch, shit gets real fucking serious yes. around here. People cancel school. People work from home. Mm-hmm. Like it's real fucking serious. People, yeah, they they'll call schools out early, even if this school yeah. is in session. They'll say you need to come get your children, or buses are running. Like, yeah, yeah it's a big deal. But they've already given us like notification that if shit were to pop off on Tuesday, it will be severe. Yeah. Like very severe. Uh, yeah. Be Not prepared. just a regular old thunderstorm severe. Correct. 
So, um, we're like pretty, we're, we're basically all experts. If in you're Oklahoma. in Oklahoma, you're, you're a tornado <laughs> expert. I, you know, let's just be real about this. You might want to stand out your front door and watch it pass you by, but you're going to be an expert. Oh. Did I tell you about that one time that Emily Sutton came to my job and was giving a severe weather seminar and the poor guy, she was like showing all these. Oh my gosh, yes. She was showing all these pictures and videos from like May 3rd, 99. And then from, uh, what was the other one and more? The one that was. 2013. Mm-hmm. Five years. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was a little bit later. Was it the one in El Reno? Or it was the same. May 8th. It was a May 8th. And I think my oldest was just a baby. May no. 9th. No, because it was when Harper was baby. Oh, okay. It was like 2013. Okay. May 31st. Got it. We've had so many, you guys. Shit. They're um, very significant. Sorry, go. She's showing all these videos and pictures and shit from the devastation in Moore. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just like the stuff from Moore. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this poor guy, she's keeps saying more, more, and there's no other cities that she's mentioning at all. Oh no. And this poor guy raises his hand and he was like I just moved here from Pennsylvania, and we bought a home in Moore. Oh, God. What did she say? She goes, well, do you have a storm shelter at home? And he's like, yeah. And she goes, just make sure you know how to get in your storm shelter. Do, you know, do safety drills with your dogs and your kids and make sure everybody knows how to access the storm shelter at all times Uh and all that. And this guy, you know, he was just like, fuck me. Nobody told me. Nobody told me about Moore. I feel like that should be a disclaimer for any, like, any any real estate agent selling in more should be like, where are you from? Do you know about our springtime? Well, everybody, like, I have a client under contract in more right now, and mm-hmm. he he's aware of, like, what happens because his sister lives here, but right. he's from California. And I'm like, okay, you're closing in two weeks, and you're, um, I'm just letting you know this is a really bad time to move because... Mm-hmm. At any given time, we're going to get hail and tornadoes. Uh-huh. It could go south real fast. Every sh- every house that I showed him, he was like, does it have a storm shelter? I was like, yes. 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 I got you, boo. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just love seeing the, like, TikTokers, even the local TikTok people here um, or Instagrammers that do the – um. If you're, you know, if you, you know you're from Oklahoma, if, and it's like people sitting on their porch with the popcorn, yeah. like watching it, you know, the tornado go by or whatever. Because so. we know when we were little, even when we were little, mm-hmm. and your dad was still like working for the sheriff's department, mm-hmm. he would have been a first responder if anything happened. Yes. Right? Yes. And so would a couple of our uncles. Yeah. And family friends. We would all go to our aunt's house, who had a basement. Yeah. Because basements are not a thing here in Oklahoma. Yeah. We would all go to our aunt's house, and they would put the kids in the basement, and then every, all the adults would go stand outside. Uh-huh. Yep. Watch, yep. Watch or, or a couple of them would go to Cemetery Hill, because it's the highest point, <laughs> Yeah. and watch it, and then, yeah, because he was with in. the sheriff's department, radio down, like... yeah. Radio down to Buffalo. Be like, hey, guys. 
Oh, my Lord. I mean, that's just the thing. If if you hear a tornado warning, go look and see what's actually yeah. going on. Like, go look outside. Yeah. Just so you know. Just so you know. Because we get tornado warnings all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's nowhere near us. Yeah. And see, the thing about being in a larger metropolitan area yes. is you're not going to see it coming. Yeah. You usually don't. Rural Oklahoma, you can see it miles away. Yeah. Um. Also, too, when you're in North Oklahoma City, say the Edmond area, if there are sirens going off in Piedmont, if there are sirens going off in OKC proper, your Edmond sirens are going to go off as well. Just for funsies. Just to alert you. Yep. So then, and this is where we're going with our, you find your favorite weather person you on the news. You always have to you, have your favorite weather guy. Like, we are David Payne people. Travis calls him panic pain mm-hmm. because he's a panicker. Uh-huh. His face gets very red. He gets very red. I personally like Damon Lane, but I don't like to hear two conflicting weather reports going Correct. on at the same time. So you have to pick your favorite. Yeah, you got to pick your favorite. Yeah. Find which one you vibe better with um, and you trust, you know, to give you that correct information. And then, I mean, it's not... Nobody's going to think less of you if you're like, you know what? I'm just going to hang out in my storm shelter for a hot second or I'm going to hang out in the bit. Do it. Like, don't. Ooh, (laughs) this is a great, ooh, can I give you a great storm shelter tip? Yes, go. That I heard from somebody. Yes, I need one. I can't understand. I don't personally have a storm shelter. That's why I don't. We do do at this house. Yes. A portable potty. Oh, like the ones Uh, you take camping. camping. Uh huh. The camping toilet. Yes, queen. I do not plan on being stuck in my shelter that long. Of course you don't, but yours is in a garage floor, and if your whole fucking house collapses on top of your shelter, you're going to be here for a minute until they get you out. So you're going to need to get that camping toilet, my friend. So what you're saying is camping toilet and a Xanax, because if I have to stay in a small enclosed area for longer than I want to, I'm going to have to be knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I mean, that's why you have to register your storm shelter. Yes. In case it gets covered. Yes. So, yeah. And we have. Yeah. Yeah. Camping toilet. Camping toilet. And toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And a lantern. And la- we got the lantern. And some snack snacks. We got the lantern that you charge. And then when you take it in your cellar, you can then charge your Phone phones. Phone yeah. Nice. Do you have snacks and water? Not yet. Well, but we'll um, we'll get a day is just around the corner, my friend. We'll get a go bag ready. Yeah, because oh, another thing, um, a good rule of thumb is important documents. Yes, have ports and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Have you a carry safe or mm-hmm. whatever with a handle that you can just put those few important documents in? Um, you should always have like a little contingency. Whatever, go bag all of your important papers in a little folder case. You can get them at Office Depot. And I will tell you this Mm -hmm. from people that survived the Greensburg tornado. Oh, uh uh-huh. That only had the clothes and shoes on their backs. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a change of underwear at minimum. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Because, yes, you can go buy some new stuff. And if you're in a metropolitan area like this there will still be a target that you have access to right but like for them it hit them at nine o'clock at night that's right and they were 
getting dug out of their shelters and shit like that with the clothes on their backs and then trying to figure out where to live for the next month. Months. Because it it destroyed that town. That whole town, yeah. That whole town was gone. Yeah. Yeah. This so. is Shane this is where Shana's dad lived at yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Shane went up there and got to see all of the firsthand damage and got to help kind of It was gross. With the cleanup and it was gross. Yeah. Got to meet one of the presidents of the United States. Mm-hmm. It was no big deal. George W. Bush. Yep. He was very kind. Yeah. Very kind. Yeah. But yeah. Change of clothes. Got might it. Be yeah. Your best case scenario. Just have have a go bag. Like be if you have pets, dog food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Be a storm prepper. You know, they've got preppers that are ready for the end of the world. You got to. But there's, like, services around here, too, that people will come and, like, clean out your storm shelter, get rid of all the spiders mm-hmm. and shit like that. Yep. Before spring storm season. Yep. Because our storm season goes until November, basically. Right. Um, But there are people that will come do that for you. Mm-hmm. And then all you have to do is prep all your shit. Yeah. And you can put it in like a Rubbermaid container down there. Yep. Where nothing can get into it. Right. And just leave it. True. For a few months. It's true. Right? Yeah. So anyway, this has been Tornado Prep Corner. All all the prep. <laughs> We're going to be ready. going to be ready. 2022 <laughs> has already showed us some shit. Like, I'm not about to put a bad storm pastor. No. And we're due for a tornado. We have not had tornadoes here for a while. We are. But we talked about this the other day. Like, I really think our tornado alley is shifting. And it's now over that Tennessee, you know, that area. I don't think. And this could just be my optimistic brain. Like, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska is no longer really in the tornado alley. And it's all shifted east. But I don't know. Damon Lane told me to clean out my storm shelter by Monday. So Okay, Damon. Shit. That's what he said. Okay. Just letting you know. Toilet paper and... <laughs> a camping toilet. A camping toilet, people. <laughs> yep. Be prepared. Please be prepared. Don't be... <laughs> don't get stuck in a cellar. I mean, I'm sure you'll love the people that you're in there with. Let's hope. You hope. Um, But if you have any type of anxieties or are easily panicked by small spaces, you know, make sure... That's what they say to you. Take your take your prescription medications. Uh, yep. yep. Worst case scenario, you took a bunch of shit with you that you didn't need. Best case scenario, you're prepared for walking through broken glass and nails that are sticking out mm-hmm. of boards and yep. down power lines and all kinds of shit. Don't yep. go down there in flip flops. Don't do it. Don't ever go down there. Mm-hmm. Nope. You need to have tennis shoes on at the least, and at the most, have some wellies still or boots. yep. You're still t- if you're Blue collar, throw yep. those throw those boots on. Yep. So, yeah. anyway, that was a good one, Shan. It's very appropriate for this time of year. It for really us. is. It really is. I'm glad we were able to have this prep talk. But I'm also Whew. let's see if we can get some people in Woodward to maybe look into this. I would genealogy. really like to. I wonder yeah. if they have. I'll have to ask. I'll have to reach out to some people out there and ask some questions. Yeah. Yeah. But inquire if you've never been to Woodward, Oklahoma. They have a great museum, and they have a whole, like, room dedicated to the Woodward Tornado. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's a fun little little city. It is a little city. It's yep. way bigger now than it was when we were young. Yeah. But, but that was the city we went to for fun. Yeah. 
and for Walmart. Yes. <laughs> it's true. So, okay. Anyway. Thanks, Shan. Thanks, Shai. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore OK underscore pod.